Welcome back to an audience of one by Gen Diversity, in which we deliver motivational and spiritually uplifting content to individuals who may feel like they're down and out and overwhelmed by their shortcomings and need a reminder that they have worth and value and a gift that they need to share with the world once they realize their true potential and work towards becoming the person that they were meant to be. When you decide to change your life and you make that decision to become a better person, a better version of yourself, that decision inevitably comes with the necessity that you take action. And while you could do good deeds in some random fashion, the best method is going to be for you to create calculated goals with specific measurables. And once you have these goals that you're going to be working towards, whether they are spiritual goals, whether they're physical goals, health goals, financial goals, relationship goals, you're going to need to make sure that you create an environment for success. And your environment is going to be defined by the people, places, and things that you encounter either by choice or by circumstance as you go through this journey. The people are going to be friends, they're going to be family, co-workers, employees, vendors, employees of vendors, random people that you interact with on the street or public transportation. The places are going to be your home, the homes of your friends and your families, the places that you go for recreation or relaxation, your place of work. To some extent, it's going to be the city or the town that you live in. And the things are going to be the things that you consume, be it by ingesting them, injecting them, inhaling them, by viewing them, listening to them, or purchasing them and having them in your presence. All of these things are going to make up the environment that you are going to operate in as you try to become a better person, as you work on your spirituality, as you work on your relationship with God, as you work on your relationship with others, as you work on your relationship with yourself, your character all in order to become the best person that you can be while trying to make an impact on other people's lives. All of these different factors are things that we're going to consume in one way or another that are going to affect our morale, our morals, our motivation, our discipline, our actions, and our reactions as we continue to try to move forward to better ourselves and to work towards our goals. An analogy can be made with dieting. We oftentimes think of dieting as a part-time set of standards that we utilize for health purposes in order to reach a certain appearance. But a real diet is a long-term set of habits that make up your lifestyle with regards to your nutrition that has a long-term effect on your health and your appearance. And just like we have a diet for our physical health, we need a diet for our emotional, our mental, as well as our spiritual well-being. And we need to look at the people, the places, and the things that we surround ourselves with and how they're going to affect our character, how they're going to affect our spiritual health, how they're going to affect our morale, our motivation, as we continue to strive towards accomplishing our goals of first and foremost bettering ourselves, and then also the external goals that we have and our goals to make an impact on everyone else. Out of these three things, people, places, and things, we want to address the people that are in our lives and create a protocol for who do we allow into our lives and who do we allow to remain in our lives. Because the people in our lives are going to have a huge impact on us, we need to make sure that we have an understanding of who do we let into our inner circle. Because chances are you haven't really done this very well in the past. And it's really important to focus on people first because while you can address all three at the same time, when you're looking at places and things, you can control those. But when you're talking about people, other people oftentimes bring into your life places and things that you can't always necessarily control. So we need to talk about the type of people that you want to take along with you on this journey and the type of people that you really don't want to be 
riding with you while you're going through all of these tests and trials to try to build yourself up to the person that you want to become and as you're trying to accomplish all of these goals. Generally speaking, people are typically going to fall into three categories. You're going to have the supporters, you're going to have the detractors, and then you're going to have parasites which is pretty similar to how you might break people down spiritually with regards to being believers, disbelievers, and then hypocrites. It's important for us to take some time to understand these three categories as well as how we should interact with these three categories of people and also take a look at our past and try to really analyze what types of people did we allow into our lives in the past and how can we learn from those experiences to make sure that we don't replicate some of the mistakes that we'd fallen into. And we need to create a mental plan or a protocol for how are we going to interact with these people as we encounter them along our path to self-improvement. Because many of us never take the time to sit back and really analyze our lives, and specifically with regards to the people that we surround ourselves with. Oftentimes, we take these relationships for granted. We rarely ask ourselves, why do we have the people in our lives that we do? Why do I have the friends that I have? Why do I hang out with the people that I hang out with? Is it because they're my friends? And if so, have I ever sat back and asked myself, what does it mean to be my friend? What are the qualifications to hold such a position? Do I have a standard that I hold people to? Are these people my friends just because they share the same zip code as me? Or maybe they are just coworkers? Are my friends my friends because I'm afraid to be alone? I'm afraid that I can't make new friends? Oftentimes you're so lonely that you're just desperate for companionship and that the standard isn't even a standard outside of do they have a pulse and are they available? And regardless of whether we're talking about friends or coworkers or family or anyone else that you may decide to or just have to be surrounded by due to circumstance, we have to start asking ourselves, do we need to be around these people? And if so, how do I create a relationship that is not going to detract from my well-being, as well as the goals that I have set out for myself. And if they're not relationships of circumstance that are unavoidable, then you definitely need to create some sort of standard for understanding who do I let into my life, who do I let into my inner circle, who is going to be a friend and who is not. Now, this doesn't mean that if you're not in my inner circle that I'm going to treat you coldly or that I'm going to mistreat you in any way, shape, or form. It's just that there needs to be a difference between the individuals that you interact with even if it's on a daily basis, and those individuals that you let into your inner circle. Because it's easier to mitigate the negative repercussions of the individuals that you interact with on a very superficial level. It's a lot harder to mitigate the negative repercussions of people that you surround yourself with on a daily basis for a consistent amount of time over a consistent amount of time. These types of people and these types of relationships are going to have the power to influence you either positively or negatively. And so you have to be very careful about who those people are in those types of relationships. So when you're talking about bringing people into your inner circle, people that you're gonna surround yourself with on a consistent basis out of choice because you want them to be around you, obviously you're gonna want supporters. You don't have time for anybody else, but supporters aren't just gonna be cheerleaders. We're not talking about people who are just verbally supportive with no substance. That's like somebody on Facebook who likes your post. Like, thanks, but that's not getting you entry into my inner circle. That's not somebody that I want to have in my corner. Supporters are people who are going to check a number of boxes, including but not limited to being loyal, people you can trust with your situations, people you can have deeper conversations with, people that encourage you towards your goals, people that have their own goals and through them encourage you again towards your own goals. 
There are people who push you towards your goals, but also push you to go beyond what you think you're capable of. These are people that create a relationship and an environment that is conducive for your success. Now, it should go without saying that you don't want detractors anywhere near you. So detractors are a little bit tricky because they fall into different groups, and it's not always obvious that they're actually a detractor. The first type of a detractor are the obvious ones. These are the people who put you down, they insult you, they discourage you, they sometimes openly try to sabotage you. They're wolves. It is absolutely clear where they stand and it is not with you. Essentially, these are haters. You might ask, yeah, but who would engage with such types of people? And unfortunately, many of us fall into this trap of surrounding ourselves with the wrong people because we're desperate for companionship. And that's why we said very early on, you have to become comfortable going it alone because only when you are comfortable going it alone are you able to differentiate between the people that you should actually have in your life and everybody else because you're not afraid of being alone. You're not afraid of having a lack of companionship because you've gotten to the point where you're comfortable doing this alone. And once you're at that state, then you can start being selective in who do you let into your inner circle. But unfortunately for many, you're weak and you in some sad way would rather have people that are going to put you down, drag you down, keep you down, kick you while you're down than have nobody at all. The second type of detractors are the subtle ones. These are the most difficult because they appear to be supporters. They might even actively support you verbally. They're good to you, they're kind to you, they tell you to get after it, but they're detractors in the following ways. The first and foremost is that they're just negative people. They live in a world of misery and they want company. They throw pity parties and you are always invited. The world sucks, life sucks, and there's nothing that you or anyone else can do about it. And if you surround yourself with people like this enough, you're gonna start to believe the things that they say. The next type of subtle detractors are the people who have a poor mindset. They're not going anywhere, they're not trying to improve, they don't even see that it's possible, they don't even think that they should. When you're trying to go somewhere, you need to surround yourself with people that are also trying to go places, not people that are stuck where they're at and have no intention or any desire to get out of where they are. The third type, again, these could be friends, they encourage you, they're positive, they like you, they're never mean to you, but they indulge in people, places, and things that are not in any way, shape, or form going to help you get closer to, never mind, reach your goals. We're talking about drugs, we're talking about alcohol, we're talking about gambling, we're talking about partying, we're talking about clubbing, we're talking about all the different types of vices that are not productive. This could come in the form of hanging out on the streets, this could come in the form of just excessively watching screens from video games to Netflix to other activities that, again, they're just not trying to improve their lives, and in fact, they're doing a lot of things that are detrimental to it. The last of these, which is worth mentioning, are the people who discourage you not by putting you down, but by discouraging you from propping yourself up. Again, this comes in the form of you're doing too much. Don't push yourself too hard. You're going to hurt yourself. Or the worst of it, which is you're fine the way you are. There's no reason for you to change. These are the people who hate to see you rise. Rise out of what? Because if you have to rise out of anything and they're in it with you, then logically speaking, they should rise out of it too. But it's a whole lot easier to tell you that, hey man, you're fine. You don't need to change anything. Don't, don't be so hard on yourself because 
that means that they don't have to change anything either. It's a lot easier to tell you that you don't need to change, you don't need to improve, you're fine the way you are, don't push yourself too hard, than to be in the same position as somebody and tell them like, yeah, you, you, you really got to do something with your life. You've got to change. You've got to fix these things. You've got to work on your character. You've got to work on your relationships. You've got to develop your spirituality. You have to have goals. You've got to make things happen. You can't just stay here. If you're in that very same situation, what does it say about you? And then when they come at you with that saying of you're doing too much, this is because you've shattered their ceiling for hard. An example of this is you're running right? And you start out by running one or two or three or four or five miles every day. And hey, that's a lot. Like, wow, that that's really impressive for a lot of people. But as a runner, you continue to run. And after a while, five miles is just a warm up. When you start running 15 to 20 miles a day, now you're just doing too much. You're pushing yourself too hard. You're going to get injured. This comes out this way because your initial five miles, well, that was hard. But now you're making that look easy, which makes them look lazy. And again, it's a whole lot easier to tell you, hey, you're pushing yourself too hard, take it easy, you're doing too much, than for them to start thinking for themselves and saying, man, maybe I should start running too. You know, if he's doing 15, I should be able to do five. It's easier to tell you to take it easy than it is to look in the mirror and realize that they have work to do. So this isn't an exhaustive list of every human being that you're ever going to encounter in your life, but you need to start sizing people up. Is this person encouraging me to get after it? When I'm around them, do I feel more encouraged to get after it? Do they distract me from my goals or do they remind me of them? Do they inspire me? When I watch how they carry themselves, does it make me feel like I have to reflect on how little I'm doing? At the end of the day, you've got places to go and the seas ahead are going to be rough. And if those anchors won't elevate, you need to cut them loose. Now, the final group of people are the hypocrites or the parasites. These are probably the most difficult to identify. And that is because they work really hard to act as if they are your supporters. They pretend to be in your corner, but only because they see that there is some form of potential gain for them out of the relationship. Sometimes it's your money, sometimes it's your position or your status or your social circle, or it could be anything that you may be capable of that they see that they can manipulate in their favor. But once these individuals see that the potential gain that they were getting from you or that they saw that they could eventually get from you is no longer possible, they're going to drop you like you're hot. Sometimes it's because you lose your position or your favor, and sometimes it's going to be because they found a better option available. Oftentimes they just disappear. Sometimes it comes with betrayal. And unfortunately, there is no shortage of these people. In fact, they may be the majority of the people that you've found surrounding you throughout your life. And again, identifying these people is extremely difficult because by all outward appearances, they seem to be some of your strongest supporters. And you can try to set tests for people to see, you know, who they really are. But at the end of the day, if you're at where you're at right now and you're struggling just to keep everything together and you're, you're at a point where you are feeling like, I really need to get my life together. I've got to improve my life. I've got to work on my character. I've got to work on my spirituality. I've got to work on my relationship with God. I've got to work on my relationship with the people around me. They've probably already left. These people are long gone at this point in time. What's important is that as you start to, in the future, let people back into your circle, you need to be very, very aware that these type of people exist. And they're not typically going to be the people who are going to climb the mountain from the ground up. They're going to show up halfway through when you have already attained a certain level of success. 
Now, regardless of what types or groups of people that you've surrounded yourself with in the past or that you still have around you at this current time, it may be easier in the beginning to just cut everybody out of your life until you gain your footing back. You shouldn't let anyone try to convince you that you need to maintain certain relationships, especially if they are toxic relationships that are holding you down, especially if there are people who are actively sabotaging your efforts to move forward, regardless of what position they hold or have held in your life up until this point. Because at the end of the day, when your situation is dire and fragile, like it is, your number one priority that trumps everything else is your own self-preservation. That comes before everyone and anything else. Now, that being said, the goal isn't for you to live in a cave for the rest of your life and not interact with anyone because it's safer. But you have to give yourself first the opportunity to rebuild and get yourself into a stronger position where you have the self-awareness and discipline to filter out who do you want to let into your circle and who do you want to keep out. And if there are categories of people which, due to circumstances, you have to continue to keep in your life, such as family, then you can better address those situations and those relationships at that point when you've got yourself on some stable ground. So how do you interact with and how do you screen these people as you go along your journey for self-improvement? Well, with regards to supporters, this is where you need to be spending all of your effort. You need to encourage these relationships. You're going to get out very much what you put in. So you need to put in time. You need to put in effort. A lot of times we spend way too much of our time, way too much of our mental energy. We're allowing these people who are detractors to live rent-free inside of our heads, and we need to stop. We need to get them out of our lives, and we need to focus on the people who are actually going to help us along our journey, help us along our path for self-improvement, people that we can likewise help as they continue to try to improve their own lives. These are the only types of people that you want inside of your inner circle. That doesn't mean that you grant these people entry into your inner circle by default. It just means that these are the people that are going to get past HR for an interview. The best way that you want to approach this category of people is that you have to be the person that you're seeking to see in them. Are you honest? Are you trustworthy? Do you have good moral character? Do you fear God? Do you have goals? Do you take care of your health? Are you physically active? Do you motivate and encourage others? Are you reliable? Are you kind? Are you generous? Are you available? Do you listen? You can't expect from others that which what you won't strive for for yourself. You don't have to be perfect, but you at least have to strive towards your ideals. Now remember, don't be a sucker. If you see that this relationship is a one-way street that's not being reciprocated, cut bait. You want to act in good faith, but don't hand out loyalty like candy on Halloween. You also don't want to fight to make these people your companions. At the end of the day, if they're not meeting you halfway, then just move on. You don't have to beg. Don't be needy. Don't beg for friendship or companionship. Don't take it personally. Just move on. But when you do meet solid people, meet them halfway and more, right? Cherish those relationships. Put the time and effort in to develop them. Now, when it comes to the detractors, you've got two different types, but the result is pretty much going to be the same. As for the people who mistreat you, you need to cut them out of your life, regardless of whatever relationship they have held or currently hold. Just get them out. You can't be so desperate for companionship that you sacrifice your own integrity. Now, when it comes to family, it's a little bit more difficult because you want to maintain those ties of kinship and you feel a sense of responsibility towards them. And more often than not, you hold out hope that things will eventually get better, that they will change, that they will come around. 
With regards to family, it's unfortunate, but when people find detractors in their life, it's all too often that they're family members. The reasons why would probably require a completely different conversation. I'm pretty sure that you have a really good understanding of why they are in your specific situation. But the important thing to note here is that family members who are toxic often are the most difficult and the most problematic because they act this way under the understanding that you are going to continue to take the abuse due to the fact that you are trying to uphold a higher standard. And they believe that you're just going to continue to take whatever they dish out because of your feeling of responsibility towards those ties of kinship. And they're going to abuse that. And while you might feel a strong sense of responsibility towards those ties of kinship, it's extremely important to understand that if you are in a very dire and fragile state in which you are desperately trying to improve your situation to get out of the rut that you are in, that self-preservation is going to take precedence over that relationship. You also shouldn't teach people that it is okay to abuse you by allowing them to continue to do so because they know that so long as you follow the rules, they can continue to break them. Don't entertain such people, especially in your current state. And friends, but specifically family, can be extremely hurtful due to the fact that they know you better than anyone else. And they know what makes you tick. They also know how to irritate you, how to get under your skin. They know how to push your buttons and they know how to hurt you, especially because they know of your reluctance to just cut them out. But for where you are right now, self-preservation is paramount. Getting yourself in a better situation improving yourself, improving your character, improving your spirituality, improving your relationship with God is going to take precedence here. Now, when you get to a better state and you are closer to where you want to be, then you might have the ability to take a second look at the relationships and try to navigate how are you going to interact with these people in the future. And my suggestion is that you keep it to a bare minimum. As for the second group of detractors, the ones that are supportive through their words, but detractors through their actions and through their environments and through their mindset, they're still detrimental to your progress and you need to distance yourself from these people as much as possible, especially in the beginning. Unless you're of the same mindset and you're gonna partner up and you're gonna work together to improve each other and you're gonna fight these battles together, then you have to realize that everybody else is only going to hold you back. People are gonna have an impact on you whether you wanna recognize it or not and it's either gonna be a positive or it's gonna be a negative. It's next to never going to be neutral. So if you're trying to rise up, you can't be flying with people who are trying to remain on the ground. These are people that are usually past friends. There's a lot of love and affection that has been built up over the years. But at the end of the day, you have to do you. You have to move on. Nobody's saying that you have to mistreat these people, but you have to realize that your environment is going to play a major role in your success and or your failure. You can still be nice. You can still communicate with these people. You just don't want them in your inner circle. Moving forward, they may not be as close as they have been throughout the beginning of your life. Now, it may be that in the future, you're in a position where you're able to reach back and help people. That's actually the ideal. But at this point in time, a drowning man can't save somebody else. Last but not least, we have the parasites. You need to cut these people out like the cancer that they are. Again, they're sometimes really hard to identify because they can appear really loyal. Then when things go wrong or they take a turn for the worst, they disappear like the steam off your coffee. But when you do recognize these people, cut them loose. Now again, 
based on where you are right now, you probably don't have any of these people around, but it's very important that you recognize again that these people do exist. They may have dropped you in the past and now they want to come back. That door never opens again. Don't be fooled twice. You have to understand that you're trying to improve your life. You want to get better, right? You want to develop your character, your spirituality. You want to improve your relationships. You want to chase your goals. You want to be a better person. And you're either improving or you're getting worse. You're either getting closer to your goals or they're getting further and further away. You obviously want to improve your life. You obviously have goals that you want to accomplish. You need to make sure that you create an environment that is conducive for success as you work to improve yourself, as you work to go after your goals. And there's nothing that is going to impact your ability to have that success than the people that you surround yourself with. You need to protect yourself. You have to give yourself the best possible chance to succeed. And if that means cutting certain people out, you've got to cut them out. When you look around, you may find that by being stricter about who you let into your inner circle and who you have to remove from your life because they are detractors, that it seems like a really lonely place. But remember, one of the first things that we talked about is that you have to be comfortable going this path alone. Because it's only once you are comfortable walking the path alone that you start to be able to differentiate between who you really do want in your inner circle versus who you want around you just because you're lonely and you feel like you lack companionship. Because only then are you able to create meaningful relationships that are based on people who want to uphold similar characteristics, people who are chasing goals, people who are motivating, people who are motivated, people who are going to encourage you to be the best version of yourself. A number of friends that you can count on one hand is going to be way better than hundreds of superficial relationships. It may be really lonely as you try to maneuver in the beginning through the crowds, but as you continue to rise up, those crowds are going to thin out. And as those crowds start to thin out, gone too will be those superficial interactions that you've become accustomed to. As you rise, you'll find others who are seeking the top of the mountain. And as that crowd really thins out, you're going to find not only the type of companions that you desire and that you need, but also the companions that you deserve. I once saw a painting on a cliff wall that someone had scaled up and wrote, you'll never see what I've seen until you've climbed to where I've climbed. You want companions who are of the same sight as you, the people who can see your potential, the people who can see the potential in themselves, the potential in you, and will settle for nothing less. Strive for the top. As much as you're hoping to find people there, there are people who are there or striving to be there who are hoping to find you too. And I hope that someday I see you as well.